the name of Jesus, for his sake. Amen and amen. Men, would you come and receive this morning's tithes and offerings?
according to Paul Tan, the historian Will Durant, searched for happiness and studying and learning, but he discovered that knowledge alone did not bring happiness. He tried travel and only found weariness. He tried wealth and only found worry and discord. He sought to immerse himself in his writing, but only found fatigue. Well, one day he noticed a woman sitting in a small car, clasping a sleeping child in her arms. And he watched as a man got off a train, came over and kissed the woman and then kissed the baby very gently so as not to awaken him. And he watched as his family drove away together. And Will Durant suddenly realized that what he had just seen was happiness. We all want to be happy, don't we? Let's just be honest about it. Whenever children are asked what they want to be when they grow up, I've never heard one child say, I want to be miserable. No, Uh, they say, I want to be a fireman. I want to be a policeman. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a princess. I want to be whatever and live happily ever after. Just like in the books and the fairy tales. Well, I wanted to be a banker. In fact, I had my own bank. It was G.I. Joe Savings and Loan. And my older brother is six years older than I am. You know, he was working and all. I would keep his money for him. Some of his money he would entrust to me. I had a desk. I had a filing cabinet. I had an ugly old sport coat that I had. And I even had a cardboard box I kept outside my bedroom window for my ATM machine. I mean, I had a bank. It was a small bank, but it it was mine. Now, think about it this morning. What did you want to be when you grew up? Well, I don't know if you made it or not, but I can guarantee that you did not outgrow your desire to be happy. We all want to be happy. And hear me, that's not wrong. That's not sin. In fact, if you desire to be unhappy, we would look at you and pretty much say something is probably wrong in that person's life. But here's the question. How do we obtain happiness? How is it that we're happy? Is it just a matter of chance or luck? Is it a matter of being in the right place at the right time? Is it a matter of having the right connections or the right personality? And if we don't have it, is it possible to get it? Well, the Bible is very clear and it has the answer. And the answer is quite simple. Turn with me this morning, if you haven't already, to Psalm 128. We conclude our series, Summer in the Psalms, this morning. And I hope it's been a blessing to you. I've enjoyed uh, going through uh, and preaching on various psalms. I've enjoyed reading through the psalms as we uh, finish that up this week. But this morning we're looking at Psalm 128. We're going to look at the entire psalm, but our question is answered right up front. This idea about how to be happiness. The key to happiness is given to us right here in Psalm 128. The Bible says in verse 1 of Psalm 128, blessed or blessed. By the way, you could translate that happy. The Holman Christian says how happy, blessed, is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. We know that that word, that first word blessed can be happy. It's translated that way in verse number two. 
When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy and it shall be well with you. So the Hebrew word there is the idea of being blessed, of being happy. And it says happy is everyone who fears the Lord and walks in his ways. And it's applicable to everybody, everyone. God is no respecter of persons. Everyone can be happy. But how? It says very simply, by fearing the Lord and walking in his ways. Now, what does that mean? Well, that word fear there has the idea of reverencing or respecting or standing in awe of the Lord, of seeing him in his greatness, in his glory and standing in fear and reverence of him. And then the idea of walking in his ways obviously means that we're obeying him. We're following him. We're continuing in his will. And these things can only be true if we know him. You see, fearing the Lord deals with the inside while walking in his ways deals with the outside. What's true of me on the inside comes out on the outside. And we know from the scripture that the only way to know God, the only way to truly obey God and follow God is to know his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so if you're going to be happy, you have to start there. You have to start with a relationship with the Lord Jesus. As I was studying this, a song we used to sing when I was a child and and, and a a young adult growing up, uh, a chorus we used to sing. Uh, Bible camp and so forth came flooding back to in my mind. You know, songs have a way of doing that, don't they? There's a song you could have heard years ago or maybe you sung it or you danced at your high school prom or whatever. And and you hear it and the words just come flooding back. And that's a good reason why we ought to be careful what kind of songs we allow in our minds because they stay there and they come back. It's interesting as I go and visit maybe some that are struggling later in life and maybe they can't remember family and can't remember lots of things. They can remember music, some of them. And sing the great hymns. But it's a little chorus called Happiness is the Lord. Did y'all ever sing that one? Happiness is to know the Savior living a life within his favor, having a change in my behavior. Happiness is the Lord. Happiness is a new creation. Jesus and me in close relation, having a part in his salvation. Happiness is the Lord. Real joy is mine. No matter if the tears drop start, I found the secret is Jesus in my heart. Y'all remember that one? Keeps going. Happiness is to be forgiven, living a life that's worth the living, taking a trip that leads to heaven. Happiness is the Lord. Happiness is the Lord. Happiness is the Lord. But anyway, I don't know if you like the tune or melody. Maybe it's kind of dated. You say that kind of sounds kind of old. Regardless whether you like the tune or not, the message in it is true. Happiness is the Lord. Happy is the one who fears the Lord and walks in his ways. Happy is the one who knows the Lord and follows in his ways. And so I ask today, do you know him? Do you know him? Has there been a time in your life you realize the Bible says that all have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God? There's none righteous, no, not one. There's a heaven to gain, a hell to shun. And Jesus Christ died for you, arose for you, lives for you, and will receive you. 
as Savior and Lord as you place your faith in Him. If not, come today in repentance and faith. That's the starting point for joy and happiness. But listen, this kind of joy we're talking about, this kind of happiness in Jesus is not based on circumstances. God never promised us that we have a worry-free and problem-free life. Uh, We as believers deal with so many things as a result of the fall and sin in this world. But God promised to be with us and to guide us and help us. And and he promised a safe landing at last in heaven. We can have happiness and joy in the Lord Jesus Christ. We've learned the key to happiness and joy, and it is Jesus. But the psalmist does not stop there, and so we can't stop either. There's so much more in this psalm. And we're going to end this series on a high note, on a happy note. In fact, if you're happy in Jesus, that happiness is going to impact other parts of your life as well. And what we find in the rest of this psalm are really what we might call the simple blessings of life. And many of us enjoy these simple blessings, but we maybe don't realize and fully appreciate just how wonderful they are. You see, being a Christ follower, walking in his ways, gives us a new outlook on life. It it helps us to see our roles and the things that we have to do in a totally different light. So remember, we're walking in reverence and fear of the Lord. We're walking in his ways. And when you do that, you can be happy, first of all. Are you ready? You can be happy in your work. Now you say, preacher, that's an oxymoron. Happy and work don't go together. But let's look at the Bible. Look there, Psalm 128, verse 2. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy and it shall be well with you. Praise the Lord for meaningful work. Which allows us to provide for ourselves, provide for our families, and provide for others. The Bible is very clear that that this is a good thing. Work is not a result of sin. Please understand that. Work is not a result of sin. God made Adam and Eve. He fashioned them. Everything was perfect. Everything was good. He placed them in the garden to tend and to keep it. Now, as a result of Adam and Eve's disobedience, as a result of sin entering the world, work became much harder and thorns and thistles and sweat and toil became much more difficult after the fall. Yes, but work is not a curse. Praise the Lord for meaningful work. We can be happy as Christians in our work, whether we're a brain surgeon or a burger cook. Why? Because of who we're working for. You say, well, preacher, you don't know my boss. Well, again, I beg to differ. Because I want you to listen to this scripture. Listen to God's word. You might want to jot this down and put it up in your cubicle or on your desk or on your workbench or whatever. Colossians 3, 22 through 24. Colossians 3, 22 through 24. Bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. Now listen. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you receive the reward of the inheritance. So this is the last part. For you serve the Lord Christ. And that puts a whole new perspective on it. I don't know what your job may be, but you're there serving Jesus ultimately. If you're a believer, you're to be serving Jesus in that place. And we can be happy and rejoice in the work God's given to us because we do it for Him and His glory. 
Now, maybe you say, well, I'm, I'm at a job right now I don't like. I'm in between or whatever. I, I don't really like where I'm at and I want a different job. Well, listen, hold on to this verse, Proverbs 14, 23. The Bible says in all labor, in all labor, there is profit. But idle chatter leads only to poverty. In all labors, there's profit. And so we can be happy in our work. We can be happy in what God's given to us to do. As we keep the right perspective and right heart. I'm serving Jesus. If I'm a burger cook, if I'm a brain surgeon, if I'm a plumber, a farmer, electrician, mechanic, preacher, whatever. Ultimately, I am serving Jesus in this place. I can be happy in my work. But you know what? The Bible says also, it teaches us here, we can not only be happy in our work, we can be happy in our marriage. Keep reading verse 3. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. Let's just stop for a moment. For those of you that are married, you want to be happy, don't you? You want to be happy, right? Uh, Sure you do. And that's good and right. Um, I'd be concerned about a couple came to me for premarital counseling. Listen, we want to be miserable. We want to be just one old cranky married couple. And I'll say, well, let's, let's go our separate ways, right? We want to be happy in our marriage. The man's being addressed in this psalm. And it says that his wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of his house. Now, there's a line you can use, fellas. When's the last time you looked at your wife and said, honey, you're a fruitful vine in the heart of our house. Now, there's a good line. Now, maybe you thought of thorns of a rose bush, but never a fruitful vine. But, but what in the world does this mean, preacher, that she's a fruitful vine in the very heart of the house? Well, it can have at least two meanings. And that's the idea of fruitfulness and faithfulness. She's in the heart of the home. That is, she's faithful to her husband and family. And she's a fruitful vine. She's been allowed and blessed to bear children. Those of you who have children. They are blessings. They are gifts. You may not always feel that way, but they are. We've got to think scripturally. Back up to Psalm 127. Look at what it says in verse 3. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. And so we can realize that God is blessed there. And we take so many of these things for granted. If you have a loving, faithful spouse, what a blessing that is. You have someone who's been faithful to you and loves you and walks with you and you have a marriage together. That marriage can be happy in the Lord. Not perfect. Because a marriage is made up of two imperfect people, right? I remember reading, you know, I read widely, especially in preaching on marriages. I remember I had this one book, I've since gotten rid of it, where this couple claimed they had never argued and never had a disagreement. And I thought, either they're perfect or they're lying. And I got rid of that book. Because I don't know about you, but, you know, we're imperfect people living together. So it's not perfect, but it can be happy in the Lord, especially as each person in that marriage seeks to walk in the fear of the Lord and walk in the Lord's ways. So we have happy work and we can be happy in our marriage. We can also be you ready for this one. Happy in our parenting, happy in your parenting. Look at what it says in verse three again. Your children like olive plants all around your table. <laughs> Now, maybe you never thought about your children as olive plants. Uh, maybe you want to squish them. I don't know. But uh, we got to think about the time this was written. Uh, my Bible dictionary, I went and looked it up. It said the olive tree has always been one, of the, been one of the most important trees in Israel's culture and economy. Listen, it provided food. The oil extracted was used for cooking. 
medicinal purposes and alike, a very valuable uh, part of their culture. Very, very important part. And we forget in the daily grind of parenting. We forget just what a gift children are. Because sometimes in the grind, you're ready to gift them to somebody else. You're ready to return the gift. But God has blessed us and God is those of us who have children. Some of you have children that are grown and gone and others have children. Maybe you have children on the way or whatever. That is a gift from God. We've got to think biblically about this and realize, listen, God has blessed me in this. I can be happy in my parenting. And just like an olive plant or an olive tree, you have to take the work and the time to cultivate and tend and help to see that lovely olive plant, that child grow. And at the end, the payoff is worth it. But it takes the sweat and the toil and the time and all the energy. But the payoff is worth it as they begin to be a blessing in so many ways into not only your life, but other people's lives as well. So we're happy in our work. We can be happy in our marriages, happy in our parenting. We can, uh, fourthly, be happy in our worship. Happy in our worship. Look back again to Psalm 128. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you out of Zion. And may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Now, the word translated blessed here in verses four and five is different Hebrew word than the one in verses one and two. The ver- in one and two, it means happy here in verses four and five. It has the idea of being blessed by the Lord. And verse 4 gets our attention. Behold. Pay attention. Behold. Then it reminds us about the man fearing the Lord again. Now remember, this is a song of ascents. Or a song of degrees. And we spoke about it in a previous message. This is what they would sing as they made their way up to Jerusalem to worship at one of the feasts. And so they're, they're going along to worship at one of the appointed times. And they're using these psalms of ascents, these psalm of degrees. And the desire and the prayer is that this man will be allowed to continue to go to worship at, at, at those times all the days of his life. You see, in Psalm 128, there's a progression from younger life to older life. And by the way, all of us, listen, young people, you don't believe it. You won't believe it. Because I didn't believe I was going to get older either when I was young. I just thought, always going to be young. No, there's a progression in life. Say, well, married children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's a progression from younger to older life. And the desire is that this man will be able to go and worship all the days of his life. You know, there should also be a progression in our worship. We should be happy in our worship as we grow and understand more about just how great our God is, how great our Savior is. We ought to be thrilled to death. About coming to God's house and singing praise and honor to Him. We should be growing in our, in our knowledge of Him and our worship of Him. And with the Israelites, you know, their political and religious life was so tied together, there's a desire to see the well-being of their nation. It says, may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Then it says at the end of this, the very last part, it says, peace or shalom be upon Israel. It's a reminder that we, we too should pray for Israel. Psalm 122 verse 6 says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. And likewise, we should pray for our own nation. 
in our country and, and those who lead us. And we should be the right kind of citizens who are godly and helping to point people to Christ. But I ask you, is there a happiness? Is there a joy in your worship? Did you wake up this morning saying, praise the Lord, it's Sunday. I get to go and worship. Or was it more like, it's Sunday. I hope he doesn't go along today. Now, listen, if you're not enjoying your worship, perhaps it's because you're not doing what verse one talks about. You've lost some of that reverence, that fear of the Lord and his greatness. Maybe you're not walking in his ways like you ought. You're not obeying him. We're to be happy in our worship. So we're happy in our work, our marriage, our parenting, our worship. There's something else here. We can't miss this. You look at look at it there in verse six it says, yes, may you see your children's children. You could be happy in your aging. You say, come again, preacher. Yes. Happy in your aging. You say, well, you've got to be kidding. Happy with my aging, the aging process. I've noticed something about myself lately. I'm going to confess. More and more. White hairs are slipping in up here. Now, I don't know if it's because of my children or this church or a combination. I'm thinking the latter. But I, I was there looking at them and picking at them one day in the mirror as they, they come in. And my wife comes in and she blessed me. She blessed me. She helped me. She reminded me of a great truth. As I was wanting to yank out the white hairs. She said, better to turn white than turn loose. (laughs) And I thought about that. And I looked around the church and there are some fellas here. And I'll not name any names. But some of them are my age or even younger whose hair has turned loose. So I say, come on, white hair. I went and looked. Grecian formula is cheaper than Rogaine. Now, listen, stick with me. Look at what verse six says. It says, may you see your children's children. Plain English. See your grandchildren. Isn't it a blessing to see your grandchildren? Those of you who have grandchildren, you sit now most of the time. Isn't it a blessing? Long life has aches and pains and all that stuff. But think about all the blessings that God gives you in the later years of life. Psalm 92, 13 through 15 says this. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there's no unrighteousness in him. If we know Jesus, we can be happy in our aging, happy in the aging process in all the different seasons of life. Why? Because we realize that each season is really just bringing us closer to home. It's just bringing us closer to heaven. To the Lord Jesus. You know what strikes me, beloved, as I look at Psalm 128, it's the simplicity of all this. These are simple blessings. They're simple blessings. But they fill our lives and we take them for granted. The blessings of meaningful work. Of marriage. Of parenting and grandparenting. Of worshiping. 
of family and friends and the various seasons of life and the changing roles and responsibilities. You see, happiness has eluded so many today who are striving and straining and they're always failing to find that happiness they're looking for and they're frustrated. And the Lord says, here I am. Here I am. Know me. Fear me. Follow me. Trust me. Look to me. You can know happiness and joy. Walk in my ways. Even the simple, routine, mundane things of life can be a blessing and bring happiness and joy. Christian, I want to encourage you to take a fresh look at your life today. To really stop and look at the blessings. I know life gets hectic. I know that you get overwhelmed. Just stop for a moment and realize. Realize this. That that good life that you're looking for. It may just be the one you already have, that good life, the happy life. Maybe you've never realized it. You've never thought about it. But there it is, life waiting for you to enjoy as you fear the Lord, as you walk in his ways, as you enjoy his blessings. So I say to all of us today, as we end out this series and end out Psalm 128, be blessed and be happy in the Lord. Happiness is to know the Savior. Happiness is the Lord. Father, thank you for these simple truths. I pray if anybody here today does not know Jesus, I pray right now, your Holy Spirit, to convict them, convince them, show them their need of Christ, and bring them to a saving knowledge of Him. Lord, I thank you that even in the midst of aches and pains and Tragedies and all the things that go along with life, we can find true happiness and joy in Jesus. Thank you for meaningful work, for marriage, for parenting and grandparenting, for our times of worship, for our families, these times that we spend with family and friends. Lord, help us to stop looking around everywhere, looking and searching and look to you. To fear you, to walk in your ways, and enjoy the good life that you've given to us. Lord, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for joy. Thank you for peace. May your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Our closing hymn this morning, number 504, as I was thinking about families and parenting and all those good things. This hymn talks about that God give us Christian homes. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I would invite you to come. Let me put you with somebody who would take a Bible and share the gospel with you. Maybe you just want to come and pray a prayer of thanksgiving today. Uh, Maybe you need to come get some priorities, some things straightened out in your life. The altar is open. You come. 504, let's stand and sing.
that's our prayer and our desire. And I trust that Psalm 128 will be a blessing to you. Take some time and read it again this week. And uh, just spend some time thanking God for His simple blessings that He's bestowed upon us. We're going to have a closing prayer and then we're going to have a business session. If you're a guest today, thank you for being here. We're so delighted you came and worship with us. Come back anytime. Remind you tomorrow night if you could help out just for a little bit. It's at 6 o'clock. I'll be here moving around some things. If you could help, I'd appreciate it. Other things in the bulletin, I'll let you read at your leisure. A lot of opportunities. We're going to close in prayer. And those who have to go and need to go, you can slip out. And those staying for our business session, we'll get started in just a moment and take care of that. And then send you on your way this afternoon. Steve Carpenter, would you ask God's blessing as we go? Heavenly Father, we thank you.